0: Crawl under your couch, lower your blinds, lock your doors, and now a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
1: Are you all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Mm. Yeah. Albert Shivers.
2: The Matrix doesn't happen.
1: That's very true.
2: Come along quietly or not. Not.
0: And from the the of the fading They don't like it. a
1: The general concept is that creativity, creativity flourishes, flourishes in, a, in, an in an atmosphere of freedom. freedom. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. Today, Kimbra is on the show, and she is a lady from Staten Island with a lot going on my hometown so that's cool in and of itself Kimber is a TV show host a radio show host a musician and most of all and how I got to meet her is probably one of the biggest Lizzie Borden folks that I have run across everybody you hear about Lizzie Borden you know the 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 general deal of what her whole story is But Kimbra has wrote a book about Lizzie Borden. She hosts a podcast about it and runs a website. All this we're going to cover in this podcast. I would like to first tell you an important story to me. Once I started to make visual art my main deal, one thing that I really wanted to do was to have an art show of my work in my hometown on Staten Island. And I did a lot of emailing and knocking on doors and pounding the pavement and it was at Kimbra and Kenneth's space hub 21 that I got to have that show which is more than just an art gallery they do music shows, open mics, comedy shows, movie nights called hub 17 Kimbra and Kenneth run the joint and they were having a jazz night with another gentleman by the name of Tony Bellamy and they felt that a lot of my jazz work would fit in with what they were doing. And I got to have an art show in my hometown. Isaac came down with me, and we both had a ball. I got to show him Staten Island a little bit. Got to show him my old stomping grounds. And we got to go to a good Jersey diner. Good Greek Jersey diner. Which, to me, not that's... Come on, hanging in the hometown, going to a Jersey diner. Forget it. That's why it was always a priority of mine to get Kimber on the show, and I can't believe it took till episode 103 to do it, but it's here, she's here, and I'm very happy to have her on the show. Beyond that, I got some new shows, art shows coming up in the fall. Keep everybody in the loop about that. Um, if you want to see what I'm up to, you can go to Instagram at Albert Shivers, or you can go to www.albertshivers.com. The podcast has really been plugging along. I got a lot of fun ideas for episodes coming up. So if you're listening now, like, subscribe, and see what's coming. Because I'm going to go in some weird directions and I'm excited about it. Also, I don't want to forget the Albert Shivers Patreon page. If you want to go there, I'm just putting it together now. Self-promotion is my ultimate weakness, especially when it comes to self-promotion on this because I always viewed this show as not about me. It's about whoever the guest is. Let's keep it that way for now. Here is Kimbra. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I really, really did. I'll be putting the links to Kimbra's projects in the description below. Again, I hope you enjoy this conversation after these messages. Come in at Alberta's Pizzeria. The only place for authentic Italian Jewish cuisine. Home of the only Grandma Yetta Pie. The best kosher pie this side of the well and wall. Plus, we cater. Birthdays, Sweet Sixteen, Bar Mitzvahs, Bat Mitzvahs, Baptisms for the Goys, and we offer free sausage topping for any bris. Alberta's Pizzeria. Pizza you'll want to eat everywhere.
0: It's day checks, the showmicker cleanser. Schwenk, Schmutz and rain.
1: Kimbra, you you have all kinds of things to your resume. But uh, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And uh, thank you for inviting me. I know it's been it's been quite a while.
1: Yeah, I know. Right. Well, I'm glad we got it together today. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and it's been quite a while since we've known each other. I mean, we've known each other for a long time since you you were at the Hub Seventeen Art Gallery. Gosh, I don't know how many years ago that has to be. Like, I want to say like seven years ago, maybe.
1: So uh, it's funny. I was gonna bring that up at the end, but that um, Sorry. so no, 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 no. It's, it's all the better. So it was July of two thousand nineteen.
2: Oh wow. Okay. And I
1: was there. Um I had gotten in contact with Tony, who was doing his jazz, his jazz evenings at you guys' place, you and Kenneth. And that show the from the three of you really meant a lot to me at the time because it was my first since I had been doing art full time. Yeah. That was my first show on Staten Island in oh, my Mont- hometown. Wow. Yeah. So I had gone all around Staten Island, up here in PA, in the city, all around it, but it never nailed down a show on the island. So I don't have, know why. It,
2: I don't know why it seems so long ago. Well, maybe because you know we, we think of to,
1: everything that like, we gone. Yeah, between then and, and yeah, then. yeah, that's the thing.
2: About it. I just thought that that was the first time I experienced your artwork, and actually Kenny bought a piece of yours for me yeah. as a, a gift um, it's I have it right here in my um, my studio it's cool. a, jazz, a jazz piano player a woman like with these tentacle kind of flame kind of things mm-hmm. of her hands um, oh my god it's so beautiful and and just your artwork is so unique and I you know he bought me that and I, I like cried I'm like oh my god thank you so much so I have that right here in my studio oh wow. that's uh- Oh wow. Like, you can look. Let's see if I can get it.
1: Oh yeah, no, I see it. I see it up at the top. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that really means a lot.
0: So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a that was a very popular piece. And um yeah, I'm still like I still get comments and, and people that like it. So it all it really makes me feel good. And that was like I said, that was a very important show. Like a lot of my work. It's about jazz. Mm-hmm. So to be able to just do a jazz-centric show down there at you guys' yeah. venue was cool.
2: And Tony Bellamy is the per- perfect person for that because he's all about jazz. And yeah. I know he does um, a show out of community media uh, of Staten Island. And also he does a radio show out of Maker Park Radio too, a jazz okay. show, which is really cool. Nice. Yeah. We and- get around.
1: Yeah, so through my art, um, after you had gotten that piece, we do the show at Hub 17, and you invite me in to your very grand, expanding Lizzie Borden project. Yes. Um, so if you could briefly, um, you and I have talked about it off the record, but um, what attracted you specifically towards Lizzie Borden and you really went deep with it. You do your podcast about it. You are very knowledgeable. You went to the house. So what, what brought you there? What brought you into it?
2: Yeah, um, it's it's such a long story, but I'll try to condense it. OK, so, so um, it it was about 25 years ago I had gotten asked to go to, the, to visit the Lizzie Borden house. I had no idea what it was about. Somebody, you know, a friend of mine said, hey, let's just go. It's a bed and breakfast. So I went and discovered that it was an actual house where the actual house where a double homicide occurred in 1892. Lizzie Borden um, killed her stepmother with an ax 19 times in the head. And then an hour later, allegedly killed her father uh, with an ax, 11 hits to the head. So that's the premise of the story. It's, it was an unsolved crime. They never proved that she did it. There's a lot of circumstances around it, but it's fascinating case. There's lots of components to it. So that's where it all started. And I decided that, you know, it's such a cool case and I was interested in just true crime. I mean, look at the OJ case. It's similar to that where 50% of people think that he did it and the other half thinks that he didn't, but Mm -hmm. he was acquitted. But honestly, I think he did it. So it's the same thing with Lizzie Borden. There's all this, speculation and fans are crazy you know they they go to the bed and breakfast so they can be in the actual home it it is um still decorated from the 1800s so you feel it takes you back in time and you you get to explore the house and i've been there like five times now and and i was on uh, a trial a mock trial twice Um, For the prosecution side, and we lost the case twice
0: and
2: because it's so hard to prove that, you know, it's like all hearsay and, and evidence was nil back then because there was no forensics. Right. So I, you know, COVID came around and I've always studied the case and there, you know, there was nothing to do. So I said, well, let me just write the book. Let me just start writing about it. Right. So I ended up over two years writing the Lizzie board inadmissible, the case of Lizzie board and other murderous women, because I added the other murderous women of that time period that were also acquitted and correlated right. how all those women, you know, got off basically. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, the, the reasons are very similar. So it ended up being a 498 page book, which is crazy with about maybe 30 or 40 illustrations in it. Um, I'm very proud of it. It was really hard to write, but um, that's what I did during
1: COVID, you know? <laughs> so that, you see, I think that that's the best thing you could have done. Yeah. That silver lining for anybody artistic was that, the one thing we all strive for and fight for is time to do what we want to do. Yes. And we, in a, in a very sideways manner, we were handed all this time to work on crafts. And
2: and what's really crazy. um, I'm, I've never considered myself a writer. You know, I've never thought that I would write a book. Mm -hmm. So here I am. I was just so absorbed in the story and, and the other women's stories too, which were, were really crazy. Some of them and the book is not for the faint of heart. It's, it's a lot of um, the murders I described vividly. And, and I know one of my friends couldn't get past like chapter four, cause it upset her so much. She just couldn't mm-hmm. stomach it, but it's real. And I wrote what was real, like the, like, a hatchet murder is not pretty. I'm sorry. So, you know, no right. way I can beautify that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: um, but um, I, I had a lot of the trials transcript in um, uh, it's, it's based on history. It's a very uh, mixed storytelling, historical book. That's why I'm so proud of it because I think I really covered the pertinent information Factually, because I have a lot of references in the back, like you know Mm -hmm. that that I got my sources, where where I got the information from. So, and there's been many many books written on Lizzie Borden. uh, So, what makes mine different? It has the other murderous women and history component in it.
1: Okay. So, So as you wrote the book and included other women, Uh you see, are there any parallels? Between the Lizzie Borden case and their cases,
2: definitely. I I um, dedicate a whole chapter on the Society of Women in the eighteen hundreds, and you know, women were repressed back then. Men ruled; they had all all the um, the power. And if you were a woman, basically, the only two jobs that you could have really was a nurse or a teacher. It was really unheard of. You were really basically a housewife.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, If you had any sort of money, your husband, it was your husband's, you you couldn't own your own money or have your own money unless um, he died and it was kind of willed to you. So that was the controversy because um, Andrew Borden was one of the richest men in Fall River worth millions of dollars. And if he died, the girls, Lizzie Borden and her sister would inherit that money. Mm, And, and he was known as a tyrant, supposedly, Um, you know, they lived modestly, but they could have lived in a really rich area and he, he wouldn't give that to the girls. So in a lot of ways, um, women back then, they, they had no choice. There were, there were a lot of different reasons, you know, if you got pregnant and, and, you know, you, you had a baby out of, out of wedlock that that was really bad too um th- there's so many reasons and the the weapon of choice was really poison back then so right. men were like afraid if if they were fighting with their woman they were kind of mm-hmm. afraid to drink the tea
1: right Right. Make the dog try it first.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so but yeah, I I think I've included maybe maybe 12 other women in the book. And one of them is Polly Boudin right here out of Staten Island. She okay. she was on trial three times for the same the same incident. OK, um, it, yeah, it's a crazy. They're all like really crazy stories. Yeah. A, one woman was an alcoholic and, you know, she um in an alcoholic fit threw her baby out the window um and she was let off because they considered like they put women in institutions back then. So she was crazy. Let's just throw her in an institution.
1: Yeah. 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 I've heard of that happening too.
2: Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of different reasons. So I, I did, I devoted time to talk about historically about women and you know what we're kind of going back in time again today you know with roe Ro versus wade and you know women's rights um it's interesting like what's going on so yeah well Used to say you to
1: have to go back to the hatchets
2: yeah <laughs> so um Yes. So I was planning on rewriting um, this book and and adding some things that have happened since I wrote the book. Uh, Some things have come up, you know, Lizzie Borden case is always changing. So um, and there were a few typos. I mean, no matter how good you think you are, you can go through a a piece of work 100 times and later still find like a typo. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And it, it drives me crazy. So. Yeah.
1: So, well, it's interesting to me about the book. So, you didn't consider yourself a writer. No, you're coming. You're not really coming from a writing background. So, it it probably lent to the book coming out very uniquely. How was it that you did your research? Like, it it sound, What I like about what you're saying is this whole project sounds very grassroots, mm-hmm. and what how did you go about your research where did you find your sources and how long did that all take
2: well like i said the the book took 2 years to to write and finish mm-hmm. i would say um 80% of that time was research and going online looking looking they thank god for online libraries <laughs> so yeah. I, I use them a lot. I, I, I subscribe to like two or three online libraries. So I would just borrow the books that I needed to read. And I would read like my routine was getting up at four in the morning, reading until about maybe nine or 10. And then I could just go about my day. So wow. yeah, so I was on this really rigid schedule. But I, I didn't mind, you know, I got used to the sun coming up in you yeah, know, it was kind of
1: peaceful and yeah, mornings can do that.
2: Uh, yeah. But, but again, you know, you're reading about murders and stuff. So you got kind of got creepy sometimes too. You know? Right. I don't know. Um, I actually am putting out an anthology this summer with Staten Island writers. It's a collection oh, of short stories, poetry, um, scripts, Uh, I've been running a a meetup group for seven months now called the writer's block where writers come to meet up and we talk about what we're working on. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I wanted to publish an anthology and it, it, it's going to be amazing. It really is amazing. Um, but I have a piece in there. Um, I don't know. I'm always drawn to history for some reason. So the the one short story I wrote is called Not for the Faint of Heart, and okay. it's about a woman, a a sixteen year old girl in the fifteen hundreds in Rome, um, put on uh death row basically to beheaded because her father, um, was a sexual abuser and abused her, and basically the mother, the two sons, her and her, her friend killed the father and threw him over the balcony. They got caught. So they all got brought up on, on the whole family, the whole family to be beheaded. And that's what the story is mm. about. It's really, really um an intense story. It's taken from a real story that happened in Rome in that time period. So that, 20 page short story took me four months to write because i used the language back in the 1500s okay um, it it was hard it was a lot again a lot of research uh to to put yourself in in that place so um yeah writing again in the morning about beheadings and master yeah. alexander the executioner cuz it's really a relationship about him and the young girl, because he has a daughter his same age. So how are you going to execute a 16-year-old? You know, it's 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 that whole relationship. So um yeah, that that's my story in the book.
1: And w- when does all this come out?
2: Well, the anthology will be out um at the by the end of August, I'm hoping. And I am okay. actually having a writer's convention in October of this year inviting all you know every writer i can think of to come and and to set up a table like a, a massive book signing.
0: Nice.
2: Um uh, yeah, so i'm excited about that.
1: And that's on Staten Island.
2: On Staten Island, yes. Okay. Yes. That's you should cool. come out. I mean, you know, like hang out um i don't know. Did you were you working on any graphic novels or anything like that? Or
1: no, no. I, you know, it's funny. I just um, I, a friend of mine, just came out, illustrated and writ his written his own children's book.
0: Hmm. Um, I love that. And
1: it's all Halloween. I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's all Halloween. It's Halloween centric. Yeah. Um, and he is somebody. His name is Mike Strunk. You could find the book on. Um, on Amazon. It's right in front of me. It's called just called Puka. Okay. So if you know um, the little black rabbit that is um, folkloric stuff, mainly like Europe. I forget the exact country, but it's it's real big in one particular country. And um, it's a shadow shapeshifter. Type oh, creature. wow. So it's geared towards children, but it, it, it has like Lots of twists and turns, and it's illustrated amazingly. Wow. Like, that awesome. was his COVID project.
0: Oh.
2: So what was your COVID project then?
1: My COVID <laughs> project was just art and the, keeping the podcast above water. Yeah. And yeah. I think that um, I ended up, see, it, it's, it's hard to say to anybody, but COVID probably helped my art.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Because that gave me time to do it. Yeah. And yeah. It introduced everybody to Zoom and Skype and FaceTime, those people who wouldn't normally have been on it. And I probably got to have guests and people on the show that I would have never had mm. had it not been for Zoom particularly be just becoming so commonplace in the culture. Right. right. So I was able to get people be it musicians artists whoever from anywhere like there was no restrictions anymore yeah so in those ways it helped and it it whether it was the madness of covid or the moments where it was calm it all just poured into my work and um there was just a handful of people that i spent time with at that time and um it was all artists and musicians and you know you're I was working alongside my friend, Mike, while he was working on his children's book. Wow. I was just experimenting and coming up with new concepts and, you know, everything. I mean, COVID was a big thing, but everything that we do affects the path to where our art is headed. And if we're really, if we're letting that stream of consciousness carry us, yeah, we're going to evolve with our art no matter what we do.
0: Oh my and God. COVID yeah. just
1: created a world where, like I said before, the things that the artists hate to do, like work, um, normal work, you should say, yeah. we didn't have to. Like and the nine
2: to five kind of.
1: Yeah, that was gone. And for me personally, I don't want to speak for everybody, but in my life, everybody was safe. So I didn't have that to worry about uh so i just dedicated whatever the whole time i had to art yeah that's so cool um i just did a, a
2: radio show yesterday um i'm i'm so blessed to be able to do this radio show i do it every other tuesday from mm-hmm. 12 12 to 2 and i feature indie artists and i i try to get you know like 80 percent indie artists and the rest like requests from people or whatever. Yesterday, I dedicated it to all of my York, Pennsylvania friends that I grew up with. So the music span over 40 years. And, and I included every single musician I could muster up from York it was two hours it was great one of one of my friends Damien um who you know was in this band dreams well she had band dream singer she did this this quote and she said the pieces of our lives are as fluid as the meanings we give them
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then she goes on to say I am always able to express the truth of my being through my creativity, it's how I make sense of the world. So um, you know, that I love those quotes. And and two of my sayings in in that show was, and and I'll I, I started with music, but I can replace the word music with art. Art is in your DNA. Mm-hmm. So just remember that Albert, you know, like when you're you're doing art and stuff, and you think, "What is this all for?" Because art is in your DNA. Right. Nice. It, it's you
0: can't
2: you. Can't, it's what you do, and um, yep. also I ended the show with um, one of the songs with "Rhythm of the World" because a lot of us are trying to find ourselves after COVID. It it was really. It was really an enlightenment kind of thing, the way people socialize and, you know, we're all trying to come out of our caves, so to speak, and, and yeah. you know, get re-inoculated re in, into the stream of things. But um, I've noticed people changed a lot since um, that, and they're a little bit more introverted, um, entitled. I don't know. Something's happened, Right.
1: So yeah. and I, I would say that you probably experienced that more being in a city atmosphere. Yeah. Um like I, I'm in a town, it has, you know, there's sidewalks, but it's a small town. Yeah. And things weren't as cramped, it wasn't as tight. Whereas I'm sure being in the city added a lot more stress to the whole deal.
2: Well, I think it's who you you were with. At the time, like living with maybe if, okay. if you were in the city, like Manhattan, living in a one room apartment with three other people, you know, that could have been a little rough.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, but anyway, um, my my other quote that I ended with that show is I wanted to spread a revolution of kindness. So so, you know, let's let's try to be um, nice to each other. You know, where where is that gone to? so and and it's the world too that it's it's just crazy right now so so it was it was a very um what what i want to call a bohemian kumbaya show yesterday okay (laughs) so to speak and which show was that this was in maker park radio it's a music show that i do called frequencies and it's two-hour show every other tuesday from 12 to 2 p.m
1: okay your, you also you have it yeah i'm sorry
2: your lunch hour
1: basically Oh, cool and you also have the raw music show
2: oh yeah, that, yeah.
1: what is it what what does that focus on
2: that focuses on in indie artists, um, from here and beyond and around the world. I invite them on to play like three or four songs. And then we do an interview. It's only a half hour show. It's once a month and it airs on Fios and spectrum here in Staten Island at 10 o'clock every Thursday night. Um, possibly 200,000 viewers here nice. to see that show. So, um, it's, it's an I worked hard. It's, it's been going now for eight years and it's won three awards, one in 2013 and 14. And just recently, 2023 for the, the best um, music show, entertainment music show in, in wow. um, community media television, so to speak. So I felt really happy, but I worked hard for that.
1: I'm sure. Like, yeah.
2: You know, like, in 2013 and 14, it mm-hmm. was really a committee that, you know, you got nominated and then this judge committee, you know, they said, okay, this is the winner. They did the voting. Okay. This time around, and like social media, since it's so prevalent, right? They made us actually uh get votes for ourselves to win. You know how you put it out there, vote for me to win yeah, yeah. music? Well,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it went on for a month. Like, and every day I was soliciting people, could you, just a little nudge, could you Man. go and click and vote for me? I've never had to do that before. And, and it was exhausting, you know, by the end of it. I mean, we did win, which I'm really happy and proud of, Um, but my friends worked hard for me right. so <laughs> voting every day i mean i was soliciting my class from 1977 high school <laughs> friends could you could you vote for me and right. and lizzie borden group which there's seven 1700 gr- you know group uh strong i was asking every day hey you know vote please vote and mm. oh my god like it was all aw- it was awful really
1: Yeah, I can imagine being stressful.
2: Yeah. Bug everybody. Right. Like that. who wants to do that? But I did because I wanted to win for the crew that volunteers every, you know, every show. There are volunteers there and they they deserve this more than anything, you know, for for working on the show that we all we all love the show. though. So and there's a lot of really good musicians. Some have gone to one Grammys.
1: Uh, well, there you go.
2: Yeah, so that's cool.
1: What? Um, so that and that show's still going on.
2: Oh yeah, the show's still going on It's on. I I go once a month to you know have a band on. We tape it and then we put it out.
1: Yeah. Cool. And tell me about your show. I'm a fan. That's a, a, another oh, show that you have.
2: Yeah. So I'm a fan. Um, started. I, I want to say two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Um, you know, I have so many people that I just love and you're included in that.
0: Oh uh, I never interviewed. God.
2: Did I ever interview? No, I didn't. No, no. Oh shit. Okay, so no. you're on my list. Okay. Um basically I interview people that I'm a fan of and and that I love their work and appreciate what they do. And I just have a little interview with them. We show you know I, I edit it like you probably edit your show yeah. put um, photos up, video, whatever it is. Um, and then um it's it's a half hour show and I I I have the podcast right now that I've been doing but I recently um got a spot for a series on Fios and Spectrum here in Staten Island uh Community media media television mm-hmm. so that's gonna be on every other monday night at uh six o'clock 6 30 i think
0: oh cool
2: yeah so i don't know tv for some reason i've just been starting to put a lot of stuff up and because i
1: can that's awesome though yeah yeah now, do, do any of these shows are they online as well or is it yes. just cable they're all online okay. um you
2: can go to my website, kimber.eberly.net, And okay. anything you ever wanted to know about me is there. And the Raw show's there. I'm a fan's there. The radio show's there. Um, the Lizzie Borden page is there. Um, and also, um, you know, miscellaneous stuff that I've been working on, like little films and just little little projects here and there. Everything is there. Cool. So,
1: so I'd like to circle back around uh, to Lizzie Borden. Um, so we we covered, you had written the book during COVID. And at one point you decided you were going to bring together a bunch of different artists. Mm-hmm. And so you had, um, could you, I, her name escapes me, the artist who worked on the cover of the first book.
2: Oh, Erin Cobain. Erin Cobain. Okay.
1: Yeah. And with her and a few other initial people, you started to make, you had your trading card idea, right? right. Projects.
0: Yes. Talk
1: a little bit about that. What What started that idea? Yes.
2: Yeah, so, um, so the house was sold. the The bed and breakfast was sold to an owner, um, who who, in in a lot of Lizzie Borden fans' eyes, was not a good owner, and he was taking down the shop, you know, where people would buy their knickknacks. So I decided there has to be a shop so I decided to make one and and have it a little bit different than just you know going to buy a magnet or whatever I decided to do original artwork on that site and I know you're one of the artists on on that site um and and came out with a line of trading cards also like that the, the painting or the illustrations on one side and you, like, if it's Lizzie Borden and you turn it over and it's information about her, they're, they're like baseball cards, but there's right. different aspects of the story. So I think so far there's maybe like, maybe 12 trading cards, something like okay. that. Um, So, you know, we continue to build on that shop. It I took a little hiatus from it uh, just because of life.
0: Yeah. General. Yeah.
2: Um, but but I will continue, continue it and um, see where it goes. But it is it is an amazing shop because it has, I think, nine different artists on doing doing like artwork for different aspects of the story, different topics.
0: Right.
1: So, and so. folks can get, you know, there's the training cards, but there's mugs, there's pillows. Uh, my yeah. favorite is the cutting board.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, That's
1: perfect. just perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff like that, too. The hats, socks. Yeah,
2: and I got little mini hatchets now.
1: Like, oh, do you? Like That's Christmas cool. Christmas tree
2: ornaments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing like a hatchet for your Christmas tree. Right. right.
1: <laughs> when you talk about the... the, You said the owner of the house wasn't a good owner. Um. So was he, like, pulling... Things away from the history of the house, Were you pulling it in yeah, like he, you he just want to not care and just live there and
2: no, he still has a bed and any. breakfast, but it's his decoration. So, like you know, he added like weird lighting, like red and blue and yellow lights at nighttime to every room. He's more into the paranormal aspect of it. So uh-huh. um and, and he was charging more, like used to go there and, and pay one price and get breakfast in the morning. And it used to be Johnny Cakes, you know, like what okay. the boys had. I mean, like nostalgic type things,
0: okay.
2: um, historic things that used to go on. Um, that's the reason as as a, a fan that you would go there to experience that. Yeah. And he changed all of that. He has like a hatchet throwing thing out in the parking lot. Now he he's about making money, not really keeping with the historic uh, element of of the case, which is the reason that, you know, you go there. You want to be in that Victorian setting and and it's the original house, for God's sakes. Yeah. Why are you going to mess it up? You yeah, know, with,
1: it sounds like he's out for like commercial. He is stuff.
2: He is definitely. So
1: I can understand then.
2: Yeah, but he's the owner, so you know we really have no say in what he does.
0: So
1: right. Yeah. But it does. It's the original way. Does sound very immersive, in the history and.
0: Oh my god! Yes. It.
2: Yeah. And and, you know, you they they never charged extra for for doing like things. If you if you had a ticket for the bed and breakfast, if you paid, then, you know, breakfast was included because it's a bed and breakfast and breakfast. Right. You know, right. it's not extra. And and um like to tour the house or to go in certain rooms, you would charge extra. It's like why we had the whole house to ourselves when we went there to explore right. it. So, like, and he put a bedroom in the basement. Like, why would you put a bed in the basement for a guest to stay there? I, I don't know if it's still there. I think that's kind of illegal when he did. So I don't know if it if they kept that or not. I'm not sure. He put a Lego bench outside, a Lego bench. That's
1: well, definitely not 1800s.
2: No, it's like, why are you doing that? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, He sounds very shticky that's what it yeah. sounds like to me yeah.
2: and he has a lot of other places that he owns across the country like haunted places so
1: okay
2: yeah he's he's into the franchise of his company not really the the different places themselves mm. so oh so the other thing i did during covid yeah. and why i kind of stepped away from lizzie Borden for a while it's only temporary i mean i still do the podcast Um, is because I actually took up painting myself. Okay. Yeah. And, and what inspired you to do that? Because I was bored out of my mind. Okay. I thought, I mean, like, I love cats. Why don't I just like paint something? So I, I had some acrylic paints at the house, so I did. I I went on YouTube and I studied YouTube tutorial t- t- tutorial. I can't say that word. To tutorials, tutorials. How do you say yeah, that? Word? You got it. You got it. Yeah, tutorials, whatever it is, and um, like how to paint a rock, you know. So I would mm-hmm. just do a rock, or or um, you know, how to paint a cat's nose, you know. So I'd do that, and um like during COVID the whole time, two years, about the same time I was writing the book and, and painting at the same time, I actually ended up with 30 some paintings and I did an exhibit at Hub 17 myself. Um, it was called Coexist. And it was about mm-hmm. how animals exist on Staten Island with people. Okay. Um, Because my my outdoor cats always hang out with raccoons and stuff. So I had mm-hmm. one like a cat and a raccoon um and i i um did the exhibit um and it was very successful i was scared shitless scared shitless but somebody put my artwork in the category of folk art okay and and urban folk art i'm sorry urban folk art and i i guess you can get away with anything when it's in that category because it doesn't have to stick to any rule Mm
0: -hmm. so
2: if something looked a little off then okay
0: okay gotcha
2: but I liked a lot of colors I love colors so so like a lot of my paintings are very colorful I don't know I don't know Albert it's just I'm the type of person I I like to try things so I just do
1: <laughs> well stuff I mean that's the first step to figuring out anything really yeah and there are plenty of people who don't try and you yes. know, you tried it and you found you liked it. People liked it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So there you go. Well,
2: most artists, like I mean, you stick to one thing, right? Like me, I'm all over the place. So I was like,
0: okay.
1: Why? Well, like I, I, got, I mean, I, on on my path, I, I was doing movies for a long oh. time. Um, I was like, I I start. I like to write in younger days. And did that to college, end up saying, okay, I'll write some scripts. And then they infiltrate the theater department. Mm. And then that ended. And I said, well, I have nobody to read these scripts that I'm writing anymore. Let's just (laughs) make movies. So I did. um, I mean, they're all very guerrilla films. And I put all my heart and soul and effort into them. But um, definitely like um, content over content over like video quality i would be maddened when i'd come across people who were um more into the camera than the making the film and it's okay. so like not a problem with that but i was into the art of it like it could have been a larinkiest thing camera that i could get my hands on as long as i was filming something and i was getting into art at the same time and decided to choose, make a very long story short, mm-hmm. is that if I was gonna try to be successful in some form of art, I needed to be, I felt I needed to be hundred percent into one or the other. Yeah. So that's
2: probably a good way to go though, because it's it's like jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. You know, that's pretty much yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: maybe. And and I had done like the the last film that i worked on which just was disintegrating around me as i was working on genre by the way horror oh no no No. um so we think here there was some horror there was a lot of very dark comedy um i did a move a short called snot groove that was all about college kids doing cocaine oh god that was a fun one yeah um then, I can only imagine, yeah, no, that was fun and and uh, yeah, it was it got it was very surreal in the end, weird. then, um, so that was if there was a few shorts, one drama, that comedy, one that was trying to be a horror, but um ended up being a comedy. Mm-hmm. And I just let it, you know, like you could go like the 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 horror movie. Everybody just found it funny. And I could have either been upset. Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be horror. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, I was like, okay, they're reacting somehow. Yeah. So then I did um, Meet Vanessa was more of a drama as a throwback to the the black exploitation movies of the 70s. Mm. Um, then I did a mockumentary about an incestuous brother and sister.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Um, That was good. And I did a movie called The Healer about a young artist struggling. And that was big drama, comedy, art Mm -hmm. house kind of movie. And the last film I was working on was going to be a mockumentary about um, myself. And it just crumbled completely around me. And I re re reimagined it last year as a matter of fact mm-hmm. and put it out as a short um but rather than using original footage it's a collage you know imagine if your television just was changing channels non-stop oh wow it's a it's a collage of all shows and movies and things that influenced me mixed with original footage mm. That it's i forget the exact number but it's a few hundred different clips that range from wow. a second to a half second all strung together to create a narrative. Wow. Basically pokes fun at myself.
2: Is that online?
1: It is. Yeah. Oh,
2: so you need to send me the link so I could see some of these things.
1: Yeah, um, some of them are online. That one is. That one is called Mondo Alberto and that one is, is hidden on YouTube purposely. Oh. I will send you oh. a link to it.
2: Yeah, thank you. I okay. just
1: kind of slid that movie out there and didn't really give it too much fanfare because it was more an exercise for me. Mm-hmm. I realized that as it went on, but it's fun. There's um, I did animation for it. Um, there's oh, nice. two bits of stop animation rotoscope
0: that's animation hard.
1: I
2: did for it. That's yeah. really hard to do animation. Stop animation, you did.
1: It was Rotoscope, um, Uh, which is a style of animation where so early Walt Disney movies used it and the uh, animator Ralph Bakshi used it in the 70s and 80s Hmm. where you take a figure and you frame by frame trace over it. Uh, If you ever wondered how like Snow White looks so fluid compared to the dwarfs. That's what they did. There was an actress who acted all that out and then animators traced over frame by frame. Oh, wow. So I did two jazz scenes in black and white. Mm. Um, one is just more like a, I, there's a joke where a pencil drawing of mine comes to life. And in the movie, I'm talking to a psychiatrist about it and it cuts to this animation of a jazz dancer oh. who appears to be dancing around the page. So that was, um, it was a 30-second clip at 10 10 drawings per second. Wow. 10 frames per second. Yeah. Um, So that was all on COVID time. Yeah. Just close the shutters and lock myself away for a day and just trace. Wow. (laughs) But it was worth it in the end because.
2: I'm sure it was really cool. You have that too. You can send me that link.
1: Yeah, that's in that's oh, in, that's you know, in that movie. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. all part of it. Oh, wow! So, why is it private? Why
2: didn't you just let it out there? Like,
1: well, I I use a ton of footage, um, from TV shows, oh, movies, copyright. Um, so there's all that. And I, when I started down this path, I thought about it like, oh man, you're gonna be using all this stuff, and I didn't care. <laughs> And I even did that in my movies, like it would annoy the hell out of me. And I un- I understand it, but I would have people working with me who were far more professional yeah. and far more knowledgeable about things to do. And I just wasn't gonna be bogged down by a can of <laughs> Coke in the yeah. background. So maybe I was shooting myself in the foot, but the art the art came first. Yeah. So I just never bothered with it, and I did a few festivals, and um, those were the kind of things that that got my way, and that you only did. helped my decision to just stick with visual art.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and not worry so much about film because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Right. And of course. There was a lot of rules. To you you had your to
2: mojo implement. going, and you didn't want anybody to interrupt it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, I get that totally. We got
1: um for the incest movie we got kicked out of a dollar tree which was very funny cuz I wanted the character to go in I thought how awful would it be if she went in to buy a pregnancy test from the dollar mm. tree. Mm.
0: Um
1: which is a reality for some people but I cuz I had seen it and I, like, they really sell these at the dollar store. Yeah. Wow. You know, um so to be in that like a keeper? man they're a dollar it's a dollar yeah. tree <laughs> it's like, um i wonder so I how just, real how how accurate that could be who, knows? <laughs> who like... knows but i just seen this incredibly dark comedy in it of the parents yeah. test from the dollar tree so we did this whole scene and dollar tree is very strict about doing any kind of filming in there for some right. reason and um they kicked us out so that was that was kind of fun and <laughs> the actress had never been kicked out of a store before. They said, don't worry about it. The more films you do with me, the more you'll be shooed away from places. Yeah. So yeah. it all worked. It was, but it led for a good scene in the movie.
2: So you got your scene. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, That's yeah. all that matters.
1: Yeah. I'll go to jail for that scene. <laughs> and the, the thing about it is when you do working in like a documentary world, yeah, when you create a documentary type universe for your project. Mm. Things like that only enhance the realism of it. Yeah, you know, and we would. Um, yeah, one of my first movies was a movie called The Blister Sisters, which was about two biker <laughs> sisters. And um, we here in, in Salersburg, there's a bar I believe it's still there called Maggie's. Mm-hmm. It was probably the last real, real dive biker bar. Oh, boy. And I have about 100 stories just from that movie. But point yeah, yeah. we took these two actresses and said, okay, you are these characters, and we're going to go into this bar. There's myself and uh, my buddy who was helping me. He was kind of the go-between for me, because everybody hates the guy with the camera Yeah. in these situations. So he was my go-between between the bikers and me to just kind of make things okay and the girls never broke character they were these characters i was the filmmaker making the movie about them and we took over this bar out of nowhere for a day and and got a movie out of it and it just it just was crazy to think that we all had the balls to do it you know yeah
2: that's great that's great
1: but that, that came out really good
2: yeah um you know, I have a lot of scripts sitting around that I wanted to make movies of and and a lot of them come from real life. Yeah, I mean, you know, the best stories are from real life. Like, you know, some of them are really short, like 60 seconds, da-dun-da-dun type things. And um, the, I I recently got asked to work on a project called Poetry in Motion. And right. it's where um, uh, Tom Figueroa, who's who's created this project, couples a poet with a filmmaker Mm. So the poet you know they well myself and this poet we select one of her poems and then we shoot a film based on it's really cool oh oh my god it's it's so interesting so i'm doing one this summer with her it's three minutes three minutes three minutes short but it's jam-packed because um it's about a uh, woman breaking, it's a breakup story and about a woman being entitled, I mean, like strong, you know, like right. like she, you know, wants to um, just end up on like strong and powerful and, you know, it's okay that I broke up because I'm a good person, yada, yada, yada. So, but I, I talked to the poet and I said, you know, there's a lot of things that could really happen that are really cool. So why don't we make it like it's a dream? You know, like like this dream kind of thing that she's having. That way, if we do all these cuts, like, you know, you're cutting from like the first scene we're doing are strawberries shooting up out of the ocean, right? Okay. And why are strawberries shooting up out of the ocean? Because she's dreaming this. Right. And she's wearing a strawberry dress. Hold on a minute. My cat has been bothering
1: oh. me. I'm, all for, in the I'm all for animal guests on this show. So it's okay. So,
2: he's he's clawing my leg to get up. So what's his name? His name is Garfield, can't you tell?
1: That's awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're doing this poem, but I mean we're doing this movie. But the one thing I just wanted to say, like uh-huh. like I never do anything that's easy. I always challenge myself, like like writing that book. That was a right. challenge. Um, like painting. Why am I doing that? Because it challenges me. I always like, I never do anything easy. So, um, I decided to have an underwater scene in this short film and I'm like, what am I doing? So I, I went on Amazon, I bought one of these hundred dollar underwater cameras Right. So this summer we're going to her friend's swimming pool, you know, that has all those cool lights and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I want to go underwater and shoot her. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, ca- how long can I hold my breath? You know <laughs> I'm like, thinking? You know, I have a snorkel. <laughs> have a snor- I don't know how to use a snorkel. Okay. Like what if you're breathing and you, you're a little bit lower and you breathe up suck in water, you know, it's I, like I've
1: had the same fear.
2: No, it's <laughs> like, so um yeah so yeah that's what I'm doing
1: <laughs> no so you you know I, I it's hearing about your radio shows um and the Lizzie Borden thing and and telling me about your films yeah you you seem to be a, somebody who likes to work with other artists and oh my god, has a lot of inspiration from it too yeah of do course. You?
2: Oh, of course, most definitely, mostly all of my projects are community based with other people. And the the last music, um, I well, oh, so that's the other thing we didn't touch on. That's a whole other show. But I moved to New York City because I'm a musician, right? And, and you know, I've been a songwriter all my life. And I recently did a show called um, Shadow Work, where I wrote music around spoken word artists. So okay. they were like seven songs and we performed it. It was amazing. It was just amazing. It was a lot of work on my part cuz I've never done that before. But um yeah, I love working with people. I think there's something to be said about um you know, artists are so so introvert, introverted into themselves, you know, and but but I find when you get a group of people together There's something magical that happens, whether it's musicians, whether it's a a play like you wrote. It's a theater group, whether it's, um, you know, artists like just sitting, going to the Hub 17 one day and just sitting and painting together. There's that connection. And and I feel like we're all missing that for some, you know, we're we're all missing that today, like the the connecting part, Um, because we've isolated for so long.
1: Yeah. And it's it's at least in my experience, it's easy to isolate, especially when you have all kinds of artistic projects bounce around in your head. Yeah. You could find yourself. You could find it very easy to just be withdrawn.
2: Yeah. And that's sort of a form of mental illness in a way. Um, I think isolation is on one of Freudian's defense mechanisms. You know, you isolate yourself in order not to have to deal with other people, or I call it OPD, other people's drama. So, so, um, yeah, like you'd rather just be a loner, which that's not healthy. It really isn't because you can get depressed pretty easily doing that. And, and many people, people have, um, Therapists are overloaded right now, you know, with, mm-hmm. with issues with people, you know, from COVID even, you know, stemming from COVID.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that's an underlying thing. Having had it for as long as I did and uh, mm-hmm. needing to be left oh, alone. Oh yeah,
0: I forgot you did have it. Yeah. Yeah. N- needing wow. to
1: be left alone for so long does start to, you know, I mean, I, I'm alone a lot anyway but even the times when i am around friends or family that was even taken away and to spend all that time alone it does get to you so i I can oh my god yeah.
2: yeah it's not healthy you know you need to get out there and and chit chat at least you know have um human human contact um yeah you know it's yeah you you can't continue like that on that like path Mm -hmm. so so yeah whenever I do projects I always make it I always um include people in my radio show I I take requests Mm -hmm. you know I always always include people somehow yeah So um uh the Lizzie Bourne shop include people you know artists always
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I don't know. I I really enjoy it, and it's because I love y'all. You know, you, you there's a lot of talented people out there, and and who need to be recognized. And if I if I can in any way do that, I will. So thus, I'm a fan. Uh, the radio show, the music show, you know, just like we got to do an art project, some kind of community art project, right? right? Yeah. Um, actually, they are at Hub 17. I think next Saturday, they're doing, they're painting the block. Oh, it's a cool. Block thing. So, okay. a bunch of artists out there doing that. Aaron Cabin is running that. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. They were, they were, all the artists were were really good for the Lizzie Borden project. That oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. And what, what I found the most fun about it is scrolling through the shop and just how you could tell everybody's work like yes wasn't just it didn't all blend together each one of them had such a unique style a signature kind of each individual yeah. item really did stand out
2: yeah I mean y- you definitely stood out like oh you, well thank you to have a signature art look that is it worked
1: amazing. well for Lizzie
2: yes yes it did it is great it's great and it's I still a, have your I still have your book cover.
0: Cool. That will
2: still get done.
0: Um, oh it, yeah!
2: Now it is on my list, but um, I, you know, for all those podcast people that are watching this, I did um, uh, have Albert do um, my next Lizzie Borden book cover the the re um, the remake basically of of that book, and I love it. I still have it, um, but it'll get done. It, you know,
0: cool.
1: Yeah. No, it'll be worth the wait. You know, it's cuz sometimes you do also have to put things aside for a bit. So I know all about that too.
2: We have to let it breathe like yeah. you know. But um I do I do appreciate your artwork so much and it's unique and like I said you have to get up here again and do another art show um in the future. I'm
1: I'm, I'm dying to. Like you really <laughs> don't know it was such a gift to have an art show in my hometown. Yeah, uh, you know, up here, for some reason, Staten Island in particular gets a bad rap, and there's uh-huh. there's fair yeah. there's fair points and there's unfair points in in my perspective. Yeah, but um, I have I'm very happy to be from there, and have yeah. grown up there, and um, to ha- be able to have that show there was was great.
2: Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of really, really good artists on Staten Island. There's a lot of really good musicians, a lot of really good talent on Staten yeah. Island. I think I think the problem is, you know, in Staten Island, it's such a small community and, you know, everybody, it's it seems competitive at times, you know, like, and everybody's into their little cliques and
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: that's why I never like I always try to get a group of people, you know, I, I don't want to individualize. I um, call it siloing, you know, we silo into our okay. little niches, you know, and, and there's one silo over here, one here, but we need to all like open up and come together more to do things together. I know SI arts is, is experimenting with that and trying to get groups of people to work on different projects
1: together. Okay, so, but before we go, I don't want to gloss too much over the yeah. fact that you are a musician. Yeah, um, you you're a songwriter. Who musically? Who inspires you?
2: Oh my god! So, um, you know, I always ask that question, but nobody's ever asked me that question, and it's so freaking hard <laughs> to answer. So, so, um, I growing up, my very first album I ever bought was Melanie. Um, I don't know if you know who she okay, is. Okay, like,
1: I
0: do. New,
2: like, I rode my bicycle past yes, you. Yes, Um, Brand new key. So so she was like my idol back then learning to play guitar. And then I evolved Kate Bush, who recently came out with Running right. Up That Hill, right. you know, Stranger Things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've known her from the 70s. Um, right. She has tons of music out. And I've always been a fan of hers. Um, there's so many people, you know, but um yeah, Melanie was the the big folklore for being like wanting to play music and then um all the rest. But I like guys stuff too. I mean, I like King Crimson, mm. you know, <laughs> I like the like weird kind of like psychedelic, exotic stuff, and um I like all kinds of music, you know, brought up in in bluegrass, country western. But um, I like, I recently saw Melissa Etheridge play. Um, you yeah, know, I just love it all. Love jazz. I love jazz. I can't name jazz players, but I recent, well, on the radio show yesterday, I had a band called Groovatine. Okay. All improv. All improv. Um, I'll send you the link. You can cool. like yeah. to that song. You would love it. Love it. They are so good. Um, so they did this jazzy song. Um, yeah, I love, I just love it all. Love it all. Cool. Except, oh, I don't, I take that back. Okay. Okay. Like, I'm really not into rap that much. Like rap. It's not really like, like hip hop. Yeah. But it has to be musical. Like, you know, when Run DMC came out and it was like musical kind of rap. Yeah. Yeah. Like old school.
1: Yeah, that I I can understand that. Yeah. Um the, I the just music the music was something that I sh- whatever was in the background I struggled with. Um I have some theories as to where <laughs> things have gone with rap and why, but it's very long-winded and scientific. Um mm-hmm. but I enjoyed when it was more musical too. Yeah,
2: it got kind of like gangster I don't like the gangster rap, you know. It's like, eh, eh, eh. yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. So, um, and I used to like Kanye West. I used to like because he was musical at the beginning, but then he got right. weak. Then he got like, like hardcore and kind of a weird. I don't know what happened to him personally either. Like he yeah, got he's weird. on a
1: trip. He's definitely on some kind of a trip. <laughs>
2: something something's going on there right
1: yeah but i can understand and um yeah like i said what i don't like it but there's a part of me that needs to know why yeah like okay how how close can i get how deep into this can i put myself to maybe understand why it took this turn Mm -hmm. um so i'm still sort of figuring it out Okay, theories. well, let
2: me know when, when you figure it out because I'd like to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the womb. That's with the what? With the womb. Oh, the womb? Yeah, that's oh,
2: what it's... I-, I don't have that connection. I don't okay. understand that connection at all, but okay.
1: <laughs> I could, when I'm on your, I don't want to take your time when I'm on. No, no, your that's okay. But I.
2: It. But you just, now, now you planted that seed and I'm going to be sleeping tonight, not sleeping tonight. Cause I'm thinking, what did he mean by the womb? Like, cause I'm thinking Wu Tang, woo, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's
1: like No, yeah. I, I, I really feel that oh, one God. too. It's, it's funny. Uh, but yeah.
2: yeah. Oh God. No, I, you're going to have to explain that to me. I'm sorry. I'm not letting you off the hook with that one. Okay. So, because <laughs> I won't be able to sleep tonight, you know how the mind works.
1: I gotcha. So, and this is my own crackpot artist <laughs> theory, so take uh-huh. it with a grain of salt. But, um, so if you want, forgetting the lyrics, putting the lyrics aside, yeah, um, and just talking about the music behind rap and hip hop and how. Yes, it's become less musical, but at the same time, it's become more simple. Mm -hmm. And now, as we all experience, whether we like it or not, I've been known to crank music too, but we'll hear the car go by or the truck go by, that's the bass. Yeah. (laughs) And specifically, I was listening to, as I chased this theory down the rabbit hole, I was listening to Cardi B's Bojack Yellow. Okay. Uh-huh. And well, you know, it, it has its moments and it and it could be fun depending on how you look at it. And there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it's really just bass. It's just the base, and there's there's things happening around the base, but it's it's for lack of a, for, not to pun it, but it's all about the bass. Yeah. With this (laughs) song, the way rap is headed. Yeah. So when you take that and you put it beside our culture right now and Mm. all the different things that younger folks are going through, whether it's broken homes, which could be good or bad depending on the situation. Yeah. But um. Um, uh, specifically America, we've always had a father, but we've never had a mother. And I'm just like speaking abstractly. Okay. Okay. We've always had a father, but we never had a mother. I'm still with you. Okay. And to shorten this a little, I feel like the evolution that music has taken is that we are all trying to go back to the womb in an abstract way because the first sound we ever hear as a baby is our mother's harpy and that's what the bass in rap music I think is representing is wow. our mother's harpy that's deep <laughs> that's, that's deep no I I
2: I mean okay I can live with that but but you're right I never thought of it that way that's it not
1: it's it's not I don't think it's conscious. I think it's right. very, very subconscious. Yeah. It's, and the aggression it's very, with it, who, no, yeah. I don't know, um, that I haven't gotten that far deep down there yet as to why it's, the aggression. It's very I primal. Think, I do think that um, it has a lot to do with the heartbeat and us trying to find our nature again. Our
2: rhythm. Yeah. Our rhythm, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's very primal. Oh my god. So um the song should be get down into me deep. Right. <laughs> and then have the boom 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 um but you want to get away from that. But but I understand that. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Hmm. And
1: what's what's you know what's more womb-like than a car that you're blasting music in? Right. Right. You know, it's right. consuming you. And it's it's all around you, just like your mother's heartbeat was. Yeah, yeah. No, so I don't know. I mean, I I'm not ready to get on the soapbox with it yet. Yeah, but almost.
2: <laughs> I would put that up on the shelf for a little while, right. but, but I would, but I would test the waters. You know, like like now, you know, I'm going to tell Kenny about this, right? Like okay, yeah. What he thinks? Like sure. That's, well, compar- that's a good comparison because you know. You should talk to people that really like rap.
1: Right, right. You know, yeah, I have yet to discuss it with a rap person, which is right, odd, right. But it's true. Right,
2: you should do that. Test the water and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I have a podcast coming up, as a matter of fact, oh. that will work perfectly.
2: Right, because we we as sort of non rapper people can talk about that, and and I can honestly I
1: get it, I
2: get it, but I don't know if they would get that concept.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> it may not, it may be a concept that's gotten because I'm not as deep into it, and I don't look at right. it the same right. way. I mean, I, I mean, there's rappers that I like, like MC Light, is somebody I can listen to mm-hmm. all day every day. Yeah. Um. And there are ones that are a little bit more artistic that I've gravitated to over the years. Um. But I could also go all the way back to the last poets and Gil Scott Heron, Mm. and even old blues tunes. Um. Geez, I was just listening. There's an old blues tune called "She's a Hum Dum Dinger," and um, (laughs) that's it's just early rap. He just happens happens to be playing an acoustic guitar.
2: My dad used to play seventy-eight records, right? Remember seventy-eight yeah. records? There was this one song called "Slapper Down Again," Paul. Yeah. And as a child, it it traumatized me because this the lyrics are "Slapper Down Again, Paul, Slapper Down Again." Take that, and then you hear this smack, right? And he right. goes, "Take that, take that, take that." You know, yeah. it's like going on and on, and I'm like, "Oh my God, turn it off!"
1: Yeah, old music had no rules. <laughs>
2: it had no rules at all. They some of the songs were just wow. Okay. But um yet so I will um you, I will never look at rap the same way again. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome man. Um, you know the womb. I'm, I'm 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 happy to to stick that earwig in your mind. Oh jeez, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun, Kim. Yeah. And, um, it has been. it was you know, again, I want to thank you for the show back in in 2019 yes. that so it did really mean a lot to me yeah and, um hopefully we'll be able to work together again at some point soon
2: oh my god yes we should definitely i'll I'll talk to kenny and see what we can do
1: and remind folks again for the listeners um where people can find out things what you're up to
2: yeah it's just kimbra eberly.net okay and it has everything on there. My Instagram, Facebook, everything we talked about. I'll send you the link.
1: Okay. And where can folks find out things and the events going on at Hub 17?
2: Um, we have a newsletter. So um I can send you that link also. And it's one of those, those things you hold up to your phone, the the square code, the R, what's that called? The R something code. Uh, the
1: QR code. QR yeah. code,
2: right yeah. so you just go like this bump and you're you're attached to the newsletter so I can send you that QR code in like a a flyer kind of thing um and I'm in charge of the newsletter so I post everything that's going on for the month I only do it once a month because people get annoyed with annoyed with emails I don't bombard I just right. that's it. that's what we're doing um and that's uh I know on wavestreet.com is hub 17's website, but it, I think he has two that go to the same place. And I think mm-hmm. the other one is hub 17 and I think it is. I'm not sure. Okay. okay. But I'll, I'll send you all those links.
1: Too. Yeah. I'll, I'll be posting them in the description to okay. the site this way. Folks can okay. just get right to them. Yeah. Um, so yeah thank you again kim this was, this was a lot of fun oh
2: yeah it, i i enjoyed it i i was cracking up the whole time
1: thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Plant shivers podcast you could find this episode and 102 more on all major podcast platforms and youtube with a little bit of video got some good episodes coming up so please like subscribe keep following the show It not only helps me out, but it helps all the people who are on the show out. Let's spread it around. This underground gorilla ragtag podcast is slowly picking up steam after 103 episodes. But I'm going to keep it going no matter what. So again, like, subscribe, share it around with your friends, even if you're all sitting around laughing at it. I don't care, as long as you're listening and having a good time. A big, big thank you to Kimbra for being on the show. I really appreciate her coming on and giving me all the time she did. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else.
2: I like Albert and the
0: others are okay, but I really want to go home.